Hello, welcome to this week's episode of Tag Talk. My name is Kylie. This is Haley. <sighs> Listen, not having the best day. Um, just being completely honest, but you know what? I'm really excited about this episode. So last week we talked about AEW and we had an honest, open discussion about AEW. And a lot of you guys seem to really like that, that topic, that format of the episode. So we're gonna talk about WWE this week, and we thought it was only fair that we had to we had to yeah. do both sides of the coin, you know, addressing both sides of the issue here. Um, and it, which is a little weird because Haley and I, if you know, you're a viewer, you know, we're not into the tribalism, the war, quote unquote war. But you know what? We thought it was only fair, and with the new regime in WWE, I think we have a lot of interesting things to talk about because WWE historically is not a tag team wrestling company at all. And Triple H, you know, I I wouldn't say he's tag team forward. I wouldn't say he like puts it. He, I wouldn't say he's the Young Bucks, but <laughs> I do think he cares a lot more about tag yeah. team wrestling than Vince McMahon. So we have some exciting things to talk about. Some not so exciting things to talk about, but we're going to talk about it all, and we're going to do our best to be impartial. We're going to try, and it you know it sucks that we have to put like disclaimers in that like you know these are our opinions; they're just opinions from two people that love wrestling and watch wrestling. Our opinions really hold no weight, but we are consumers, and you know that's what they look for. They look for our input. So, and if you're wondering what I'm drinking, by the way, it is a cider donut. Sparkling cider. No alcohol, just juice. No alcohol. Not that kind of show. No. It's not that level-headed. Level-headed. We are going to get be as honest as possible. So in WWE, we have a men's tag division and a women's tag division. So I think it's fair to split it up in those two categories. So let's talk about the men's tag division. Um, I've been kind of honest on this show like a lot about how much I hate the reign of the Usos and how much I think it should have ended. I think it should have ended with the Street Profits, but uh, I think we're reaching a territory where then you could say this for Roman Reigns too, where it's like there's really very few credible opponents left, if any at all. Uh, we did get you know that four way. Uh, it was it was let me see it was New Day, Brawling Brutes, Imperium, and Hit Row. Hit Row recently brought back, of course. Um, what do you think of this? Wait, 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 let's bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. What do you think about the Usos as double chance for, like, how long has it been? Like, months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I'm a fan of the Usos. I've always liked the Usos. But, like you said, I feel like it's coming to a point where it's the same shtick and it's really old. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there for a long period of time under Vince's regime. Um you know, they didn't have too many credible opponents. They were in squash matches all the time, and it was getting really old. So I'm excited that there's some new kind of, like, shifts happening. Um, and I hope sooner rather than later we see new champs. I would love to see maybe Imperium. I feel like there's not too many people, even for Roman, positioned to be at that next level. So I hope Triple H is kind of building that with, these fatal four ways and stuff like that and kind of getting the fans behind them. We'll see. Yeah. uh, And I will give Triple H credit. I think 
you know, there wasn't a lot to work with mm-hmm. in terms of tag teams who were already positioned at a higher level. I mean, we got the Usos versus the New Day mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again for years. So, I mean, it really was starting from the ground up. And WWE does have, you know, I'll give them credit. They have a lot of great tag teams besides the New Day and the Usos. Like Imperium, I think Imperium has the potential to be like a game-changing tag team for WWE. And I do like Hit Row. I, but I, I don't know. I feel like the Imperium and are more ready to be to dethrone the Usos. But uh, the New Day, it's the New Day. But I do question sort of the logic of keeping the Usos as the champs this long, and I'm worried that because rumor has it and you know speculation everything roman is just going to hold the belt through to wrestlemania i'm worried that that means the usos are also going to hold their belts through till wrestlemania because they're um like roman has two belts the usos have their belts and it's hard to sort of take one set of belts off and then uh and that's the issue they're having with roman and i i am worried (laughs) And I keep keep saying that I'm worried. I'm I don't know logically how you could keep the Usos as double tag champs through WrestleMania. And you know it does make sense because Roman is probably going to be champ through WrestleMania to have the bloodline whole and complete and everything. Um, I do think it would be fun to do Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens who kind of take the belts. I don't know how you would get there before WrestleMania because to me that's a WrestleMania match. I just the Usos have a chokehold on the men's tag division for they both brands. Yeah. And it's absurd. Like, especially we could go back to the Street Profits. What happened there? And it's like WWE has this thing that they love to do where they like to break up tag teams and make single stars. And while I feel like in tag teams there's always one member that's always kind of, you know built for the spotlight and you know not somebody that's like lesser but you know what I mean yeah and I feel like they like to do that they like to split up tag teams but you guys need a tag division like you have the Usos and you have the New Day and you can always rely on them but like you need people for them to fight like they can't just feud with each other all the time it's I don't know and you know I, I do give Triple H the benefit of the doubt because like yeah. I said earlier, he does care a little bit more about tag team wrestling. Mm-hmm. He recognizes the value in it, blah, blah, blah. But, and, you know, he was sort of handed the Usos as, you know. And he didn't leader, really have an option. Leaders of the division. He had to deal with them. But he's in a rough place because of the state of the division overall. Um, but I don't know. I just, creatively, there's nothing there. Like, the the bloodline as a whole with the exception of Sami Zayn being, you know, around and being Sami Zayn and incredible. I, it's so creatively void at this point, at least for me, like I, it's lacks inspiration and Mm -hmm. it lacks story because we've gone through everything we could possibly go through. Like Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul in Saudi Arabia. That is, you know, a cool match. And like, it'll sell tickets because Logan Paul is going for a world championship, but like, 
if we're being honest with ourselves, there's no reason why someone who had two matches should be vying for a world title. And there's just, it's just, that's just the reality of the situation. Okay. And it's just throwing it out there. If we ever get the Paul brothers versus the Usos for the tag wow. belt, I'm done. Like I'll be out. Like I'll be like, bye Hunter. Bye Triple H. I literally bye, like, just get like, you didn't hear it, but I gagged. <laughs> I don't care if it's in Saudi Arabia. I don't care if the Paul brothers get squashed. I don't want them at all. And Logan Paul has had two matches. And they're acting like, and granted, he's a celebrity. He's, he's a know, fighter. Has, like, fighter. He has influence. He has, like, all these things. Probably. But, like, they're they're acting like they just signed, like, the biggest star in the world. Like, they're acting like Beyonce herself just walked <laughs> into WWE and I don't know why. <laughs> That's like a whole other thing in itself. But, you know, and we've talked about this on the show before. I'm going to rein it back in a little bit. Um, we've talked about it on the show and how the Street Profits, like, why didn't they pull the trigger on the Street Profits? Um, it seemed like they were positioned to be the next champs. I feel like they should have won at SummerSlam, but, you know, that didn't happen, and, like, now, here they are. I feel like they're becoming, not the new, like, New Day, but, like, you know how the fans are so behind the New Day that, like, even when they lose, like, it doesn't really matter, because they're just so high up at this point? Like, I feel like that's kind of what they're doing with the Street Profits, like, just because, you know, everybody loves a good face tag team, and I feel like everybody loves Street Profits. Which sucks because, like, it's so hard for them then to get their opportunities because, you know, the Usos and, you know, the chokehold they have aside, it's like, if you feel like the Street Profits can take these losses and they won't lose popularity or standing or anything like that, then there's no incentive to really give them a push. And it sucks because they're so organically over. And that's hard. Like, you have Bianca, who is so organically over and... That's really, like, well, her star power and her ability, of course, but, like, fans really got behind her. And it's the same thing for the Street Profits. And, like, you could have had something very good there. And it didn't happen. And, you know, the New Day, they've had multiple uh, world titles. They've been tag champs. You know, Kofi won WWE title. Big E did. Um, Xavier Woods won King of the Ring. So, like, they, they've gotten a lot. But, like, for the Street Profits, it's I feel like it's so, it's just – it's such a big obstacle for them. I don't know what it is. I legitimately don't. WWE has not had a tag team that is that popular naturally in such a long time, probably since the New Day were first created and they really got over. And it's just a wasted opportunity to me. And if I'm being completely honest, the fact that Triple H hasn't you know, worked to rectify that to a meaningful degree just sucks because the tag team division is not lacking in talent and you know hit row imperium brawling brutes whatever but it's like the street profits like i think back to nxt and their crossover how excited people were they really started getting momentum and now i'm like where what are we doing here and like sorry i had to take a sip Mm -hmm. um in wrestling in general Having teams get over that organically and have them be so popular, it's so hard to do. And my worry is if you're not going to pull the trigger now, they're 
window of opportunity is closing and it's going to start closing fast. And once that passes, I don't know that they're going to get that opportunity again. And if they do, like, they're really going to have to fight for it. And they really shouldn't have to. I feel like they've proved themselves. And fans themselves, we shouldn't have to sit here and beg at their Mm -hmm. feet. Like, please give this to us. Like, it's the same thing with Liv Morgan. Everybody wanted her to be champ for so long. They wanted a push. And then she got it. And that's great. But we shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, and... Uh, I have another worry, and maybe it's unfounded, but maybe you feel this way too, so I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. With Triple H bringing back, you know, the Triple H guys like Carrion oh, and no. bringing NXT 2.0 back to black and gold as though it'll ever be the same, whatever. I'm concerned that this is more for him creatively about, like, doing what he's wanted to do for a long time, whether it works or not instead of looking at the critical issues in WWE and fixing them. And I'm concerned that a lot of the talent who we wanted to see get these big, big pushes aren't going to get them just because Triple H would rather have his like little pet projects come back. And that's nothing against Karrion Cross or Johnny Gargano or any of these guys, but I think it's undeniable that Triple H, in certain instances, this is personal for him, especially with NXT going back to quote-unquote black and gold and his projects coming back. And I don't think that's really a smart way to run the company. And I don't know if this is a short-term thing, if he's going to eventually buckle down. Uh, But I do think we're starting to see a lot of the holes in Triple H's booking that we saw in Black and Gold. Uh, And I don't want this to turn to a Black and Gold critique episode, but I think objectively looking back on that, there were some big issues that were overlooked because it was so much better than the main roster. And I don't want people to sort of fall through the cracks again, just because this is the vendetta era for Triple H. Yeah. I feel like the last few years of NXT black and gold, it really started to kind of fizzle and lost a little bit of footing. Mm-hmm. And there were more misses than hits. Um, and I feel like that's a worry for me too. Um, people like Johnny, I feel like, you know, that like, that's okay to me. You know, I think Johnny's star power is undeniable, but there are people like Karrion Cross being positioned at the top and just like, just walking all over people that just should, like, like you said, deserve a push over him. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, that is a worry for me too. Yeah. And, you know, there were a lot of great things about Black and Gold. And one of those things was tag teams. Like, we look yeah. back on the Revival and DIY and, you know, all these all these guys. But it's like, well, one, I don't know if this general WWE fan enjoys that. Like, I don't know if, they w- if they're if they a fan of Triple H style booking. And the ratings have been yeah. great. And people are really, you know, getting into it. But when the cracks start to show and we see more issues, I I don't know what Triple H will do because I think it is personal for him. And I don't want to put words in his mouth, of course, but like the actions he's taken, I feel like this is this is, you know, near and dear to his heart. And there's a lot of issues. Like when we talk about the women's tag division, uh, there's a lot of real issues that are still a problem. And some of them are problems that he's made. So I, I just, 
And I never really bought into the Triple H hype because I was a black and gold skeptic. Uh, I still am. Um, But now, like, with the state of tag team wrestling, I'm like, if they don't take Hit Row or Imperium or a new team and really elevate them to take out the Usos, I don't know, man. I have no hope. WWE will always be a tag teamless company. And for a while, I thought that the crack for the bloodline was going to start with the Usos. Like, they were going to lose the titles. And, like, that was going to start their, like, conflict with Roman. And then, like, eventually that would lead to Roman dropping. But then that didn't happen. And now we have um, Solo Sokoa called up to the main roster and joined the bloodline. And I'm just like, ooh, you know, we're not going to get it anytime soon. And that sucks. It really sucks. But yeah. I'm hoping that Imperium, please. Fingers crossed. Please. And, so, you know, going back to Solo Sokoa, he's a really talented guy. And he's, I, you know, I, you could go back to Tag Talk. Someone can find it. I said it a long time ago. Man should have been called up. Yeah. Um, I don't think they're going to break up the bloodline anytime soon. One, because they have to get Solo over. Yep. And two, Sami Zayn. Like, he's so tied into this now, and people really, really like it. But that means the Usos can't be, like, the, the you know, the dorks of the group, because you have two dorks in Solo, the new guy, and Sami Zayn, who's intentionally a dork. So, you know, I said it earlier, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, if they take out the Usos, I'm fine. Like, that's the only, that's the only team that I would really accept, uh, I, let me rephrase that. At the only long-standing team that I would accept. Mm-hmm. Um, if they aren't going to use it to elevate someone, using it for a story like that, uh, that would be gold. Uh, I don't know if they're going that direction. I think the men's tag division could really use something like that to really kickstart it because there's only so much New Day that I can watch. <laughs> and that sucks to say because we do love the New Day. Oh, I love them. Like- I just feel like relying on them all the time. It's just, I don't know. It's really tiring. Yeah. But I say we move on to the women's tag division because we have a lot to say about the women's tag division. So just to be like um, a little pot stirrer here, um, the history of the women's tag division uh, predating Triple H. So Mm -hmm. apologies. Um, Kind of boring. Like, if we're being completely honest. So, we had our first chance Boston Hug Connection. Only chance for 49 days before they were beaten by the Iconics. And then we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, which that was pretty polarizing. Uh, You either liked it or you really, really hated it. I don't know what to tell you guys about that. And then we had a lot of just, like, whack women's tag teams. Like, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, what? <laughs> what um, are we I, listen sometimes like i forget about that and then i remember it and it feels like a fever dream like <laughs> like um, why was the i think that's like, my whole like thing on twitter oh my gosh like i can't nia Jax, she was always like consistently pushed in wwe Shayna like came to the main roster and like was just kind of like thrown to the wolves like she didn't get a whole lot but like what really um, Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley. That was a pretty whack one, if we're being honest. But anyway, so we get all the way to Naomi and Sasha Banks, who were the 13th champions, by the way. 
unlucky number 13. They vacate. And we have a tournament. And we talked about this tournament a few times on Tab Talk. Um, and it was cursed. <laughs> so many injuries and just so much drama surrounding it. And, like, we said from the start, like, we weren't sure if this was the time to pull the trigger on this. Um you know, they weren't doing anything with the titles after Sasha and Naomi left. Like, it was still under Vince, and he essentially was like, okay, like, whatever. Um, and then Triple H came in, and then we got the tournament. And I just feel like it came way too soon, as evident by a lot of these injuries. Um, I was really bummed about Toxic Attraction being taken out of this tournament. I felt like they should have been in it to begin with, um, especially because they're a long-standing team in NFT, mm-hmm. but in WWE. Um, and it was just, it was cursed. And, and we know what happened, so. Yeah, and it was just, at least to me, it didn't, when the original bracket came out, it didn't seem carefully planned. No. Like, it was like, what women are available? And like, how can we think? Yeah, and it was, to me, it didn't seem like a tournament that had real value in it. Uh, there was like no real tension there. It was like, it was just kind of like a thing to do because the women's, well, one, the women's tag belts were vacant and two, all the speculation around Sasha and Naomi, like people were going to watch through the way and see if Sasha and Naomi showed up. Um, the tournament overall, like it was cursed. Um, I don't think there was a single like excellent match that came out of it, to be honest. Like none that I can really remember. And Toxic Attraction really got screwed. And, like, I, I've had my gripes with Toxic Attraction uh, in NXT. I I think they're really talented women. I think they work really well together. But I just don't think they're, like, their gimmick is for me. Like, I don't click with it. Uh, but th- their talent is undeniable. And I think they really got screwed over. And the fact that uh, if we look at who won, we have, you know, Aaliyah and Raquel. Did, did we not have better options? We did have a better option, and it was Dakota Kai and Eos Sky. <laughs> yeah. And I'm tr- I like, I've thought about this for a, a long time, and I've like tried to wrap my head around it. Aaliyah and Raquel. Okay, well, it's Triple H. So, of course, you know, he does, he loves Raquel uh, for, for whatever reason. I. I don't know. I'm not a Raquel fan. Uh, I never have been. Um, even when I watched NXT, I was like, mm. but anyway, <laughs> coming back to tag teams, uh, I can understand why he would make that decision because he does love Raquel. And I think he really does see a Charlotte Flair-esque, you know, future for her. Like she's very statuesque. She's pretty. Like, I think he sees her in that kind of role, that kind of position. Uh whether I think she can do it or not, I don't know. I haven't seen anything from her that leads me to believe she could. But the future, you know, you can never tell. Anyway, um, as far as them winning this tournament, though, it was the wrong call. Like, I don't think you can make, I don't think you can make an infallible argument that it was the right call. Like, it was wrong. Well, and he knew that, too, because, what, two weeks-ish later, not even, they dropped the titles? To Dakota yeah. and Eo. Who should have won to begin with? Yeah. It was the Aliyah and Raquel were champs for 14 days. Uh, 
which is a meaningless reign, no matter how you shape it. Uh, and if the goal of the tournament was to reestablish the women's tag titles and make them meaningful, this was not the way to do it. Like you had um, Dakota and Io, who you know had the shock return, and you know they're paired up with uh, Bailey, and they're like doing this really cool, edgy, dynamic story, this dynamic gimmick, and it was right there. It was an open goal, like, and then. And then, you know, they win the tournament, they win the belts, they have a long reign, you can do so many cool things with them. But like, now we have tournament winners who were champs for 14 days. I can't, and like, my thing with Dakota and EO too is like, they were brought back in this position with Bailey, like, you know, obviously positioned to be something big, and them losing in that match to Raquel and Aaliyah bad move it really made them look weak yeah like it was not not the right call and then two weeks later or so you're gonna have them win the match they should have won to begin with and prove like oh no like actually they can beat them like they're strong uh yeah and if we yeah and i don't want to get i don't want to keep harping on black and gold but if we look at black and gold this is something that happens that triple h makes the wrong call and changes it really fast instead of trying to fix the issue that he created. So if you look back, there's like all these little, I don't know, plot holes, I guess, in black and gold. And, you know, for the women's tag division, being as fragile as it is because of the vacant titles and, the, you know, the tournament and the lack of talent there, I I just don't know how you make that call. I, Triple H to me, like, he does things that he thinks is the right call to him and then it happens and he looks at the perception online and social media and just media in general and he's like oh i screwed up and then he tries to fix it to appease everybody like he just wants to please everyone and you can't do that yeah but at the same time like you're only screwing over your talent by making decisions like that yes and like what does it say about you that like you're going to make these quick decisions, not really think about it, like zero rationalization behind it, and then change it. What does that say about you as a leader? Yeah, and I said this when he first got promoted, I guess is the word, to the head of creative. I was like, it's a lot different to run three hours of Raw, NXT 2.0, which is now NXT, and SmackDown than it is to run an hour of NXT on that was on WWE Network. Because when NXT Black and Gold moved from the WWE Network to USA, and it got, you know, it was two hours, it was competing with AEW, um, I think it's pretty, like, accepted that the quality of the show went, went down. And I think... And I don't... Like, I'm critical of Triple H. I do think he's intelligent. I think he knows wrestling. But I don't think he's prepared to book this much TV with this much talent. Like, I think and I, he's not underqualified. And I don't want to make it seem like I think that he is not ready. I just think his vision of wrestling doesn't necessarily apply to this much content. And he's going to have to be willing to compromise on some things. And... I think one of those things is just pushing whoever's popular. Like, 
Dakota and Io, like, it was undeniable that they were the stars of that tournament. Like, and people were really tuning in to see them. And, like, you just have to go with it. Like, you can't push your own agenda the same way you could on Black and Gold. And he did get away with a lot on Black and Gold because it was just so much better than Raw and SmackDown. There was no AEW. Ring of Honor was hard to find. New Japan, like, the the time difference alone. Like, you couldn't really watch New Japan. So, I don't know. Like, I'm so skeptical. And I hate that I'm skeptical because I, I know people are so excited and they're so ready. But I don't know, guys. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's valid that we are both kind of more reserved and, like, reserving judgment um, or, like, you know. But at the same time, like you said, and for anybody, it's extremely hard to book multiple hours of television in a position that, like, you haven't been in since you booked NXT. Mm-hmm. Um and again, the quality is much different than uh, Raw and SmackDown. It wasn't networked. Like, you know, you're dealing with big figureheads now. And you got to yeah. please them too. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess we do have to sort of dive into Sasha and Naomi because I, I think. I think this is like the one big elephant in the room for Triple H is Sasha and Naomi because they walked out and it was, you know, the reports they were released, they asked for their release, whatever. And it's, they've been doing so many things outside of wrestling. They're doing like conventions and then they're doing like red carpets and, you know, they're doing stretching classes, like so many different things. And it's like every week, I think people are like, is this the week? Like, is this a week Sasha and Naomi come back and they, like, take their spot at the top? Like, they just walk in. And it's like, this is, to me at least, from what I see online, I think this is a a significant weight on Triple H's regime. And it's, like, something he has to address. And damage control is great and they're over. And people love them. And I think they deserve the world because I think they're both super talented. But, like, this is a big problem. And to... I don't want to say I'm losing hope that they're going to come back. You know, there have been reports that, you know, they've been in talks and are, you know, I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. But I feel like at this point, we have to look toward the future. And if they don't come back, like, what is the division going to look like? And I feel like positioning damage control um, as tag champs is the best that they could do right now. Yeah, I definitely agree, especially because there isn't really, uh, at least on the main roster, there aren't a lot of true, like, long-standing, organic women's tag teams. Like, they they put together teams, and I think, for the most part, a lot of those teams are fun. But um, compared to the men's division, there's no, like, real bonded tag teams. I guess bonded mm-hmm. is the word. Uh, and Sasha and Naomi are one of those teams that just naturally came together and it worked and it clicked. But damage control is too. And if we can't just keep waiting for Sasha and Naomi, and I don't know if they're coming back. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing so many different things. They're walking in fashion shows, okay? I mean, I don't. Uh, they looked great, by the way. They really did. 
so good. Uh, I'm so happy for Naomi specifically because Sasha had done some of this stuff, but Naomi, love it. Anyway, I don't know what their future is in wrestling. I don't know what where their minds are. I don't know. But it's like what I do know is we have a women's tag division that is floundering because we had a bad tournament. I'll say it. It was bad. We had like it was cursed. There was injuries. There was this. There was that. And then we crowned the wrong champs who lost their titles after 14 days. So it's like that's what I objectively know. And looking at that, I'm like, okay, we have damage control. They're over. People like them. You know, you know, Bailey's there. And so there's some connection to Sasha there. So, like, if they came back, you could easily bring them in and have oh. something great. But if not, what are we going to do? Who is next? Who's, like, the next tag team that can go up against damage control? And that's where I'm, like, I'm kind of at a loss. Because even on, like, the indies and stuff, like, you know, there are tag teams, but... There aren't a ton of uh, women tag teams that, you know, WWE could steal, for lack Mm -hmm. of a better word. Um, And even just in NXT, like, I mean, there's teams there, but if, I mean, if they're going to keep the titles there, they also need tag teams. Do we filter in and out? Like, what do we do? I don't know. Like, they're in such a bad spot. And, you know, they could steal tag teams. But, like, a lot of them are on sort of kind of deals with Impact. So, it's like, I don't think they could be stolen. So, that significantly limits your talent pool. So, it's like, so, you're Triple H. For years, you booked NXT, WWE's developmental. Develop some tag teams. Like, get to work. Like, stop waiting for things to just click. And I feel like that's, that's my big criticism of Triple H. And... I had this criticism many years ago, so don't don't come for me. I'm not a hater, but I do think a lot of times he puts people on screen and like they kind of meander in feuds. Like if they're meaningful, but they're not like impactful stories. Mm-hmm. And then he just waits for something to click, and he goes, "That's it," and he does it. Like he's so he he takes being in tune with you know the audience to like such a like a severe degree. That he, and I have no doubt that he has his own ideas of things he wants to do. I don't think he's like just going on Twitter for fantasy booking. <laughs> like, that's not what I'm saying. Just imagine him sitting there late at night, just scrolling Twitter. Like, it's like, he has like a burner account. Yeah. He's like a burner account. And he's like, oh, this person says they don't actually like Raquel. So bye. <laughs> but anyway, I do think he tries to make an effort to gauge the audience's reaction to things. But it's like at some at some points it's like there's no commitment, and I think that's what's happening here with the women's tag division. I think he was in such a rush to bring them back because it was such a hot topic at the time, but now it's not a hot topic. Like I think people are really moving on from it. So like now's the time to de- get it down in NXT or even on the main roster and start developing teams because I think the the major focal point in WWE right now is Roman. So, like, you have, you know, it doesn't matter if it's good, if it's bad. Like, this is a time where you sneak stuff in and you get it going. And you can gauge crowd reaction. Like, this, Triple H loves to do this and he's not doing it. He loves to do this wishy-washy stuff and then make it something really great. And I'm like, Triple H, for years you did this. And now you're just like, 
Um, uh, damage control, maybe, maybe Raquel, like. And I feel like there's so much room to even pull girls from NXT mm-hmm. and try stuff out and maybe put them in squash matches. Because, you know, a lot of them have less experience, but they could go in the ring yeah. um, and put them in like squash, squash matches with damage control, kind of gauge the audience perception that way, you know? Why not? Yeah, or That's you, you could... And, you know, I don't know for sure if there's go if like the women's tag titles are going to be all three brands like they were originally t- intended to be. Because right now NXT has their own. Um, but I think it would be cool to really, if you're going to like cross that bridge and bring NXT talent like onto the main roster, I think it would be cool to do like mentorship roles. Like you could have Natalia go and pluck someone out of NXT and be like, we're going to be a tag team and I'm going to mentor you and really help you learn and grow. Like, Natalia would really excel in that. And Natalia has gone to NXT and done yeah. similar things. So, I mean, it could work. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, you couldn't do it for everyone. You can't have everyone have their little NXT buddy. But, like, I think it would be a good way to introduce NXT talent to the main roster, apart from just throwing them out there and hoping that people know who they are and like them. Like, that's one of the things that really got toxic attraction in some, in some trouble with their, like, how the crowd was relating to them. Because they didn't have Mandy. So, and people would have known Mandy, but they didn't know these two. So, I don't know. Like, there's some dots that he, Triple H isn't connecting that need to be connected. And Natalia having, I don't know why I focused on Natalia, but I did. Natalia having her little NXT buddy and then like going for the women's tag titles, that would be great. And I mean, just imagine, like, Natty, she, I think she, she's okay on the mic. Um, but I'm just thinking of, like, anybody that they could pull. Like, who's over at NXT? Like, a Tiffany or, like, literally anybody at this point. Oh, yeah, anyone would work. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, and I think I think there's a lot of stories that you could do there. But I also feel like I'm not sure how much TV time Triple H wants to invest in the women's tag division because uh, the women's singles division is so stacked and it's like yeah. fans really, really love it. So, but you brought the titles back and you got to do something with them. And at the the men's side, we're not doing anything because the Usos are just there, always looming. Even when they're not on screen, I feel like you can sense them there. It's like the Usos. You feel the vibes for sure. Yeah. And so, like, the women's tag division doesn't have that. So, like, there's so many cool things that we could do here. So many cool things. But, like, and I don't want us to get stuck in a holding pattern where we're just waiting for Sasha and Naomi. Like, a will they, won't they? I don't know if they resigned or if they were even released in the first place. But what I do know is they're not on TV. So, like. <laughs> well, and even, like, the teases and stuff that they were doing on social media when all of this first started and it was hot and, like, I just, I feel like that didn't help either because then people yeah. were like, oh, we got to tune in and watch. And like, that's really all it was for. But like, yeah. now they're like, oh, well, they have to be coming back when I don't think you guys can rely on stuff like that. Yeah. And it's the iron was really hot then. And I, I do think people still care because people love Sasha no. and Naomi. But I'm, I'm not sure that their return would have the same hype around it if they did it now. Versus when they did it back then. Like, if they started doing teases again and, like, really got it the ball rolling, of course, because it's Sasha and Naomi. 
But I don't think you can just whip them out on Raw or SmackDown at this point. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Oh, no. So, I mean, it's kind of similar to what AEW did with MJF. Pulling him off TV and the whole thing surrounding his contract and everything like that. A little different, obviously. Um, But I feel like in a way, like, that worked. So maybe Triple H is like, well, (laughs) if it could work. Yeah, but Sasha and Naomi didn't have a promo like MJF did. That's true. Like, there's no story here. Like, MJF clearly laid the story out then. And then that's when I was like, okay, this is a story. They're going to make it a thing. But, like, the what I would, and, I, and you're going to hate me for bringing this man up, what I would, like, compare it to is CM Punk's return. Mm-hmm. Like, where there was rumors, there were teases. Yeah. Like, it was obvious he was going to return, but, like, people were so into it. The hype was still there. People still tuned in. Like, that's what you could have with Sasha and Naomi. You could pop a major rating. You could sell a lot of tickets. A lot, yeah. But just by teasing their return. But it's like, you can't do it for weeks and then not deliver. Because now people lose interest, of course. But, like, Sasha and Naomi's return would be major, a major, major win for Triple H, like, contractually. Because I think WWE bleeding talent has been the story since AEW began. Um I think it would be a morale boosting. I think it'd be good for the women's division. And I think not that it's akin to someone leaving wrestling for seven years and then coming back, but I think it's up there. And I don't know. They were doing those teases and I was so sure. I was so sure they were going to come back. And now I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they'll do New York fashion week and then they'll they'll just travel around doing fashion weeks. I mean, I would love to see them back and just thinking about, like, them coming back and feuding with Damage Control. Like, that's a main event pay-per-view match for sure. And I would love yeah. to see that. Um, and I would hope that we get it someday. Um, I don't know, though. I'm losing hope. <sighs> Me too. Well, as long as they're happy doing whatever they're doing. I support them 100%. You know what? Me too. As long as they're both... Even if they never wrestle ever again. Period. I love them both as support. And I'll support them. I think they're both great. Um, I think Sasha really does have a future in Hollywood. So, And and Naomi could too. I haven't seen her do much of that stuff though. So, But overall, I need to know your closing thoughts about WWE, Tag Team Wrestling, Triple H as the leader. Anything. I think that he's doing the best with what he has right now and I hope he sticks on this path I also hope that he stops pulling the trigger on things too fast and maybe start looking at um, some of the organically over superstars and teams and putting them before your little vanity projects and that's all I have to say I hope I love that this is like our little closing optimism moment, but I hope, I hope that Triple H stops his little, the vanity projects. Yes. But I also hope he starts really just trusting the fans and committing to what the fans want instead of meandering through his booking, like black and gold. Great. It was game changing for wrestling. Love it. But like, you can't do that with, 
Raw SmackDown. Like, it doesn't work. So, like, stop meandering through and, like, testing the waters. Like, the fans will tell you what they want to see and just do it. Like, it's not hard. And you, he has done a lot of that. So, figure it out, Triple H. Um, you're doing a good job, but, like, I'm so skeptical, dude. So, <laughs> you need to, like, especially with the women's tag division, we got we got to have a sit down. Mm-hmm. Triple H, if you, anytime you want to come on Tag Talk, you're welcome. <laughs> we can do a whole sit down interview. <laughs> I I could not interview Triple H. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll do it. Listen, I, I would be listen. I <laughs> I I'm not gonna get into it. Anyway, Haley, do your plugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh. You guys can follow me on Twitter right there. It's always um, to see everything that I'm doing. I do writing occasionally at Body Slam, uh, bodyslam.net. Um, I'm also a writer and editor over at Nerds and Beyond. I do some like nerdy stuff over there. I also cover wrestling, um, so definitely come and support me there. Also, follow Romantic Wrestle on Twitter. Um, it's Kylie and I's Project Romanticized Wrestling. Um, we promise that content is coming soon. We haven't had a chance to film because we're both very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we promise we have a lot of stuff in the works and we will get stuff to you soon. You can follow me on Twitter at Fuller underscore Kylie. Um, like Haley said, we're going to get content for Romanticized Wrestling soon. I just started a new semester at grad school. It's like my fourth semester and I'm super busy. I'm like preparing research for conferences. I'm like, I'm also a TA, so I'm like teaching. So it's a, it's a whole thing. She's a smart well, girl. Thank you. We'll find time to do the thing. I really want to do something with like, and maybe now I shouldn't do it while he's suspended, but I really wanted to do something with like Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Like maybe we wait, maybe, maybe we do Golden Lover. So there was the news again. Let us know what you think. Um, follow at Romantic Wrestle on Twitter. Um, and you can see us every Sunday at 5 right here on Fightful Overbooked for a tag talk. Talk all things tag team wrestling. This is our 15th episode, by the way. Crazy. I know. We're almost at episode 20. If you guys want us to do something special for episode 20, like, put it in the comments. Let me know. I would love to do something special for episode 20. Maybe I'll make uh, a little cake. We'll we'll sit here and eat cake and we'll talk about something. I don't know. Maybe something cool will happen by then. Maybe we'll have another story. Maybe what what's it? What five weeks? What's in five weeks? Oh, it's almost like full gear. Almost. Maybe 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 the Bucks will be back. (laughs) Maybe the Bucks will be back and we can talk about the Bucks. I don't know. Either way, every Sunday at five p.m. Fightful Overbook. Like this video. Comment below. Subscribe to Fightful Overbooked. Go check out what everyone else is doing. So much great content on Fightful Overbooked. Um, uh, I think we covered all the bases, but um, I hope you like this balanced account of WWE. We did AW. We did WWE. I think we're going to stop there. I, th- we <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, but we want to do more like centralized um, topics and videos like this. Yeah, um, going forward, I think this is kind of what we're transitioning into with Tag Talk. So yeah. let us know if you guys have any ideas on, like, just topics that you want us to talk about. Um, it can be WWE, AEW, the Indies, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, I really like the idea of starting an episode with a question mm-hmm. and sort of, like, working from there. So if you have any of those, like, hit us up on Twitter. You can put it in the comments. 
uh, whatever you got to do. But thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, doing this made my day so much better. I was having a rough day. Now I'm not. Uh, it's raining, though, so that's good. But anyway, it's always raining in Florida. It sucks. We're the Sunshine State. <laughs> anyway, we'll see you guys next week.